Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Hey everyone, it's Scott Hartnell here and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media in Newport Beach with my boy, the Updog. Shane O'Brien, thanks for having me. Nice to be back in the studio, mixing it, snapping it around with you, my fella, fella, and our boy, Jimmy Hayes on the East Coast. Scoopsy. Boys, what's up? I'm the, one of the worst things happened today, though. Got an email from the club, the golf club I belong to. No golf carts till May 1st. No. How brutal is that? Are you yeah, going to break out the pull cart? Exactly. I'm a big push yeah, cart guy. They have them. Yeah, I always yeah, use them. Call, but Those you, aren't you easy either, especially if you true, but throw a couple <laughs> beers or a bottle of tequila in there. It, 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 it starts to get heavy when you push it, Broadway. Yeah, I got one buddy I play with. He puts his own cooler in it, so I just laugh my <laughs> ass off when he's fucking pushing that thing around. I'll tell you what's worse than the no cart rule is when um, the greenskeeper gets control of the course and starts punching your fairways and your greens. Oh, I was there this morning. Which is what happened at our course, which is why I might be, uh, well, I am headed to Cabo Wabo tomorrow. Yeah, but it's all lost. Back to Cabo again. I got the family going into Cabo for Easter, Easter weekend. Are you spending Easter there? Yeah, we're going to come back Sunday. Are you doing another private plane there? We're going to come back Sunday. Um yeah, but I'm bringing the Easter eggs, and we're gonna do a little hunt. That's cool. Hunt it, around Billy Quinn's house. Uh, hide the eggs. Good luck finding all the eggs in that house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Is, is, is he's got her hands full. That yeah. house might take fine. a day yeah. to find them from the pictures uh, I've seen. I might have to get like Enrique, I might have to get Enrique to dress up like the bunny or something. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Sure. That'll be good. Um, so. You got the playoff goatee going a little bit. I yeah, think. yeah, it's nice. Nice. Yeah, it's a little silver fox. That's just it's almost playoff time. Yeah, play- <laughs> uh, I trimmed up the sides, yeah, tightened up the neck with uh, you know the manscape with manscapes. Uh, our, well, yeah, I was, gonna, I was going to talk about too. I, I was I was a little with, hesitant um, on going right from the Calvary, balls right to the face. One, but when you got balls like mine, you go right to your face. That's the least of our concerns. Hey, how nice is the little light on that thing for real? That's good. Because if you're in the, I like to shave in the shower right? yeah, or in, in the dark. There. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> <laughs> or like you know, like when you're getting to the close parts, it's like that, that little light's like I got room to play with there. Yeah, like, that's something you can't really see without it. So, I know. to our listeners, spring, summer, clean those balls up, give them a trim. The, the lights, nice touch, and the fucking weed whacker for the nose trimmers. I'm telling you, I I got Broadway. I got some some nose hairs that yeah, get Colin going. Miller, same, bud. My they wife always going. reminds me too. It's the worst feeling. So that weed whacker up dog, it gets in there nice. Yeah. So anyway, I might shave this off before I get to Cabo. I don't, I don't like going in to a pure vacation, especially a sunny one. With your with whole a life's a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it has another to. I mean, trip. It has to. Be. You got to keep a smile on your face. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think you another keep, one. You like keep it? it? They might think you're part of the cartel with that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll be it. packing heat then. Up dog. Uh, shout out to our boy Grant Garbage, who's taking you down there. Garbzy. Yeah. yeah. To answer your question, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I he gotta, only flies private to answer. Question. Yeah, well, that was a dumb question. 
not to not to be that guy or sound like that guy. Actually, Grant Garber's just texted me. Yeah. Um, when you travel with a baby, bro, and you <laughs> know this, Jimmy, it is wow. no joke. And I'll tell you what, I was gonna go to Cabo last weekend, and yeah, tell we, pa- we pack happened. up, and Christina, my girl, God love her, she God does, God she's God she her. does not, she's never in a rush to pack. Yeah. And or shower or is any whatever. girl in a rush to pack? I don't know, but she like enjoys, it's, she enjoys a full day, Christina. She likes to enjoy her day. So is that kind of so the way I come home from boys? going to grab my golf clubs and getting coffees for us and you it's know like, a little yeah, breakfast and I come in and a, my job was to get Isabel stuff, pack it, have it ready to go, and it was it was eighty percent packed. I get home, I finish the twenty, I go upstairs, she's getting out of the shower. No, I'm looking at her. I don't even say anything because as soon as I start saying anything, she she snaps. Like like me saying one thing is gonna like get, interrupt her from getting ready. So of course <laughs> I go. Listen, the flight is ten twenty, flying southwest. I can't believe you. Now fly mind southwest. mind you, free. It, I'm gonna take most of the blame here because it's an international flight which I haven't been on in a long yeah, time. People love it. People commercial. keep asking. And you haven't been a security line. And the, it's it's be there at least an hour before like it shuts the gates shut down. So it takes me 12 and a half minutes to get from my house to John Wayne Airport. And I said nine o'clock. Well, it's nine what o'clock the, now. It's uh, nine Matthew, o'clock. No, he's been, now we don't have gas. We don't have um, gas. So I literally I am buzzing. Get wow. to the gas station. Four dollars and fifty cents in gas, <laughs> and i i fly to the i fly to the thing. Now I have to yeah, park the dude, vehicle, but man, I'm not going to park I it. I, no park, I, no, I pull right up. I get out of the car. I have Isabel. We fly in. I got my golf clubs. Isabel. I get to yeah. the gate, and I hear, see this one guy in front of me losing his mind, and I'm like, oh god. And they're like, like the, new the gates closed hour prior. We're there with 56 minutes prior. Yeah. They shut down the gate. I look at the guy. I'm like, who do I get to talk to here about this? I my baby. My yeah, girl, we packed all our like, stuff. We, we have a wedding. I make up this bullshit story. Like if someone made and they're like, no can do. Like me it's an international flight. Like, you can't it's my rules, athlete. regulations. Fucking so I'm blessed. like, I just, uh, I'm like, give me my right, money back right now. The right and then photos. I'm going to call Southwest and, and explain oh, to them did. that you idiots here didn't let me on the flight because I'm sure airlines could use the extra like 1400 bucks that I just paid you. Yep. Sure enough, no. So, and then is it true that you then text Evan? It's like a new art. Yeah, it's like I text. <laughs> I, I I asked. I said, Evan, big canyon boys. I need a plane. Can you? I, I'm like, what's it take to get your bird in the air? Because I'm already packed, and we wanted to go on this vacation. Yeah. Uh, he said it, we wouldn't be able to get out till the night, and he gave me a good price on it, but it wasn't working because we were just like screw it. Yeah. And then we called Wheels Up. Oh, Christina was, you know, she's, wow. been, she, she used to work for, she used to work for wheels up wow. and she knows, you know, she knows some of the guys there. She's been holding out at us and <laughs> that can get a plane. Anyway, not that I wanted to pay for a plane. That, that would have been stupid, but no, no. The whole thing about private is it's better when you don't pay. It's right. You yeah. Know, you know, chip so, but, the but the traveling boys with the baby, yeah. it's, it's a lot. So it's really nice when you, if you're in the work, back of a car and driving to the desert, it's two hours. That's fine. When you have to go through the airports with like Me too. You know, packing like plays, so you know, bottles, and and then you know, God forbid, I have the coolest baby ever, and she doesn't scream on the airplane. Yeah. So it's nice. Like we flew back from Hawaii, and we're flying Hawaiian Air, which is a great airline. And she started. Oh, to, I don't know it. if it was her ears, throw, Jimmy, I mean, or what, but like there wasn't a tit or a bottle that was going to calm her down. Like you know, if you fly, the girls, you know, baby right. just sucks on her mom's boob or puts the bottle in her mouth, pops her ears. Nothing was working, and she was screaming for like an hour, and it was the most. All I could That's think the about worst was, feeling in the world. All I could that think about was me on the way home from Florida with Bo. 
Lupul, when I fly I with Loops in his day, if there's one off, baby so. making one sound, he like he's not a fan. It, it's so <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, if there's some Loopals on this plane, it's gonna get up. <laughs> That's because Loops is hungover for every flight when he's going home. <laughs> fucking he's like, fucking screaming, baby. Um, yeah, that's great. So you guys all have a good trip. That's awesome. I gotta give a shout out to my sister, Katie O'Brien. March 29th was her birthday, which was yesterday. Happy birthday, Katie Koo, we call her. And also, same birthday as my girlfriend's mom, Vicky Carabini. We call her a Vixter. She's amazing. She uh. loves crushing red wine. She listens to the pod. She says we swear to Boys, what's up? So does my mom. Ooh, so, Vixter, my sister Katie, happy Jimmy's birthday. Jimmy's mom probably says we don't swear enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, she's yeah. Good. So, no city. golf carts till May 1st. Anyways, into some hockey, oh, boys. This is something is that? that touched me. And I'll be, I know it touched you deep down, too, is, is Tim Peel. I'm a big push um, card guy. I'm going to leave the charge here on this one. I had Peeler throughout a lot of my career. He was the type of guy that you could talk to throughout the game. Um you know, yeah, he called some penalties on me throughout yeah, my career. I, got I didn't one agree buddy with it. I would love to talk to him, man. man. So he's the type of guy that if he was in the city after the game, I would around. meet up with him, have a beer with him, especially in Vancouver. Um, you know, he was going to retire at the end of this year either way. You know, what happened wasn't right. You know, the hot mic was a bad situation. Oh. It shouldn't define Tim Peel's career. He was a great ref. He was great for the game. A lot of veteran guys respect him. So to Peeler, keep your head up, buddy. It's a shitty way to end it, but you had a great run. My question to you guys is... Makeup calls have been happening throughout hockey system. Are you doing Peter another private the hot plane, mics. Pr- plane but, up, You know as a player that if the game is going one way and you're up a couple penalties, they're going to even it out. This is just not Tim Peel. Nice. This is refereeing the game forever. You agree? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, Obes. I think in all if sports, in any sort of I've seen. human com- competition that is being you know refed by a single person or a little group of guys, let's just be honest. There's There's horrible refing there's never perfect refing (laughs) so it's impossible to you just evaluate these guys on the bad calls um you know and i i think good refing is when they let the guys play and the guys govern themselves (laughs) and when you let guys play you need to have a makeup call here and there because you know there might be a situation where man we should have let these guys play and then there was a forced <laughs> call so now let's just even it up and like just let them play again um th- what happened to tim tim peel i don't believe will define, define his career uh, or or the person he is um i long story but i uh in Halifax, back after World Juniors, me and Same, Tutu went out to this charity golf classic, and it was great. The, the Trailer Park Boys were there. Um, Tim Peel was there. Scotty Bowman was there. It was it was a great group of like hockey guys mixed with actors. And anyway, and Peeler was there just mixing it. Yeah, he's and I'm like, who is this guy? They're like, he's an NHL ref. He's mixing. I'm like, trip. he wears these celebrity fucking goggles. You know, the in the bar, he yeah, would wear like the one. glasses with the reflections on them. And I'm <laughs> like, really, this guy has spiky hair and, and flies. And I was no person to judge. But um, <laughs> but then in Nashville, same thing. I see him in the bars. He's having fun. He's you know doing his thing, and he's had the shades on again. I'm like, fuck this yeah, guy. Just wants to be known question. as the guy that wears the celebrity glasses everywhere. <laughs> but I always had a good relationship with him. He lived in St. Louis. Um, he's reached out when we started the pod and said he was pumped for me and Obi, and he thought it was great. Um, a lot of guys, I don't think liked him as a as a. As ref? a ref, really, I, I got some. I, like I, I listened to Avery, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, he went rip, off on rip him. into him, um, and it well, just so happened. I mean, it just so happened. Avery was at that tournament. Avery's a tough guy. To, I mean, I respect Avery. I respect what he's doing now. I respect yeah. how he played, but I mean, I, I maybe just him and Peeler didn't see. Yeah. I, like if you ask me about fucking yeah, like, uh, Justin Saint Pierre, 
Oh, I now I can rip into him. He's a fucking goof. Yeah, like, he is a nice goof. fake tan. You fucking goof. Yeah, right now speaks French the whole game. Yeah, there may be another guy that doesn't think that way up. So. Yeah, no, no, and I and but Justin St. Pierre would make things personal, For and that's sure. why I would call him a goofball. Yeah, all the time, and and I'm like, no one's here to watch you. Yeah. So like, you're yeah, you're fake tan. Even though you got a nice tan, <laughs> yeah, watch you. no one is here. No, not one person spent one fucking penny to watch you. Mm-hmm. You're just supposed to be here and ref us. And you're part of the game. Yeah, and you're part freak. of the product. We get it. But like, don't make this about you ever. Yeah. Um, I know you're Tim trying Pe- to get laid, but fuck. Tim Pe- yeah. <laughs> and I could help you with that. If you keep me out of the box, I can help you with that. Um, Tim Peel won't be a guy that, yeah, I said it. He, I love Peeler. Yeah. And, but he was a man to man guy. And I say that, but there was nights where I, I, went, I went to Peeler and motherfucked him. Like, I yeah, can't yeah. believe he called me on that. Of course. But at least you could talk to him. And Hazy, before, you know on a bench, Uppy, throughout your career that, <laughs> hey, boys, keep your sticks down. Uppy, keep your hands down. They're looking, they're, they're to, call looking call to call one. They're looking to call one. So, Hazy, for people to believe that Tim Peel's the only guy to ever make a makeup call, it's fucking outrageous. Yeah, I agree with you. I think every player understands a makeup call. And it kind of sucks when you're playing the game and you think the ref is actually refing the score. But the situation Pillar got in, it's just, I mean, it's very unfortunate for him to get caught in the hot mic. But it makes you, like, question, was he doing this all the time? I don't think so. I think every ref kind of has those makeup calls in play. Like, if you're up 7-1 to one in penalties, you obviously know it's a penalty coming your way. But the question I have for you guys is, do you think refs now are going to start calling everything, or do they let everything go? Well, I've been complaining about it all fucking year. And listen, yeah, people... Yeah, Kirby puts them on the fucking yeah, milk carton all day. I get it. The game's changed. Yep. But... The thing I have, the only problem I have is these refs, they come out of the gates and they're fucking horny to call it right away, Broadway, right? Yeah. And now they call one on Boston. Then they call one on Philly. Now they call one on Boston. And now it's a 60-minute game of power plays. I think if I was involved in the fucking referee association, whatever it's called, up dog, I would say, boys, ease into the game. Don't be so horny to make a call because I think they do that and they put themselves in situations where it's human nature. You want to make it as fair as possible, but now it's just a parade to the box. And I think that's... The worst thing about refing right now. I get they're going to call the hooks. That's the NHL. That's Batman and the boys. They have a job to do. But just don't don't make calls up early because then you're chasing it all night. Yeah, don't just watch that 1984. <laughs> just watch that 1984 Islanders Oilers. I was laughing. Watch Charlie Heidi go into the corner and get just coal clocked <laughs> by one of the Sutter brothers. Um, I I agree. I I agree. The game and you listen to like some some oh, guys in sportsnet. I listen to. Uh, Bieska and Versteeg go at it. Steger, I go at him with every week with Steger. And Steger <laughs> wants the calls and wants, you know, he thinks the referees shouldn't be able to, you know, control the game like that. And and I, I get that to a certain point, but I, I I think the players still need to govern this game. Absolutely. I think it'll be a for it, it'll forever be a more honorable game when the players are out there governing themselves and there's there's toughness and there's you know intimidation and then there's also respect. And that's, that's the worst feeling. That's in the world. not that done by the refs. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's my. I agree, and and to Peeler, Peeler, I don't know if you listen or not. If you do, keep your head <laughs> up, buddy. Uh, I respect General the Updog. Respect General Getzy did. I talked to Getzy about it when it happened. Um, keep your head up to the refs. <laughs> Let the fucking boys play, eh, Broadway? Let the fucking Let play. Let them play. We're, we're in the second half of the season here. Call it if it takes away a scoring chance. Call it if it's 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 a penalty. Call it. If not, don't. And if people that don't think there's been makeup calls, it's been since hockey's been created, there's been makeup calls. And I don't think we're going to change that. But PLR, keep your head up, fella. 
Boys, Frankie Cervelli said it best. There's a fucking, what do you say? Oh, that stinks. Oh, stench. Uh, yeah, stink. Stink around Buffalo. There's a fucking stench. It's in starting it. to make its way <laughs> over it here. Fucking dirty Buffalo. The wind either. must be going west. <laughs> it fucking no, dirty it's maybe you under the table. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, I'll be seriously. I feel bad for these guys. They're 0 and 18 in their last 18. They can't That's go impressive. Out for, that is impressive. That's hard to do. I mean, they can't go out for beers. They can't go to the mall. They can't go to a movie. Up dog, take me in that dressing room if you're a Buffalo guy, right? Are you just saying, boys, let's get through the deadline? I feel for these guys. In a normal year, I would feel for them. Not be able to enjoy their life also. It's got to be wearing on them. Yeah. Yeah, you might need a gas mask going in that room. It stinks so bad. <laughs> um, it's, it's tough. It's tough because there's, you know, there was talk at the start of the year about the Eichel rumors and, and what that probably could have done to that team yep. and organization bringing some youth in. But I, I just look at it from a development standpoint. And, and when you have seasons like this, your younger players, your, you know, Darlene. Um, Darlene stinks. But, like, he was, <laughs> I mean, he had such, a, like, a great first first year where yeah. he came in and all of a yep. sudden you're like, man, this guy's going to be like a, um, like headman. a headman. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, well, no, <laughs> not right now. Well, look at what you get to watch this shit every day. <laughs> you play in your own zone. Even Lindstrom would look bad on Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like you have that perfect model you know swedish born <laughs> fucking norris candidate defenseman who gets drafted and has this upside and then all of a sudden you get put in these situations and these guys don't get better they you don't get better you don't learn from anyone there's no leadership there's no you know the coaching like everything is is negative and that's a bad way to live your life i, I i'm a firm believer in positivity and you know coming to the rink with a smile on your face no matter the good and the bad you know, if a coach rips you, you find the finer things in in the situation yeah, to like come out of it. Payday. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Fourteen days, and yeah. and boys, Buffalo. I mean, the only good thing about this is that springtime's coming <laughs> and the sun's <laughs> coming they can't up. Even go to Chippewa Street. Yeah, well, season. they they're, they're soon things. going to. Yeah, they're going to break all the rules right away. I I'd think. be breaking. I'd be trying to get COVID if I was in Buffalo. I'm sorry, I'd say <laughs> I'm like, put me on the protocol list. This is fucking. I don't know, Jimmy. It's maybe you have a different outlook or the same, but this is uh, this is just a tough way to go. And and you, the, the and the shittier thing, you still got like twenty fucking games left. Yeah, I know they, so I think after the Hazy, what's your thoughts on it? I'm like, you guys just mentioned it. Like, you can't even come to the rink and joke around and have fun because you're losing. So then, with from up top, it's just a bad look for everybody. But the thing in Buffalo is. When do you start sitting your assets? Because you obviously got to start selling these guys here soon. So I don't think the days are going to get any uh, prettier in Buffalo here. I think they're going to have to start sitting guys like yeah. Taylor Hall he and Montour because that's the last thing they want is to happen. It's one of these guys go down with an injury and not be able to Avery's move a tough and get guy anything to go home. after. Yeah, I mean, I think Monty Monty's going to get picked up. He's playing great. He scored a sick one last night. Taylor yeah. Hall, I mean, if someone gives up a first round <laughs> for Taylor Hall, that GM should be fired immediately. Updog, <laughs> if you... Let's say you make it past the deadline in Buffalo and you're a veteran guy. Me and you, and we go, okay, how after the deadline do we say, okay, boys, let's finish 500? Or how in Buffalo do you make the last part of the season during COVID somewhat enjoyable if you're a veteran guy that makes it past the deadline? That's a really good question, Obi, and, and it's <laughs> tough to answer that. And I'll tell you why from my end is because I was part of a couple teams that were in their rebuilds. Um, but at the deadline, I got there. So I, I got moved into these situations and the situation that I would be put in was, okay, I just got to this fresh team. I'm meeting 
20 new players, 20 new friends moving forward. This is now the beginning of something new here. And I got to be able to bring like this energy or whatever. And, and guys, yeah, we got 20 games left. We're out, but let's make the best of it. Yeah. Score goals. Let's go out and have beers. Let's, you know, they can't do that though. That's the thing. Yes. I know. And that's, so, yeah. that's the point I'm saying. I agree. And a lot of these guys are playing for contracts too. So yeah, that's, that's, the only, that's the only way you can look at it. I think as a veteran, if you're trying to yeah, extend your career, you, you got to perform every player. Yeah. And, and, and the then it's like, and it kind of sucks. You, you look, you play for contracts, the ref is actually but then everyone's the playing like, but the the situation oh my God, yeah. it's, you it's see the worst in guys come out. And that's <laughs> where it's like, no, that's true. I've been on teams like, like the walk here in Colorado guys are just time? so selfish by so. the end. And then it's just so bad. And then you get, then you start mother effing your teammates and being like, you know, really? Are we doing this now? You're not going to pass me the puck. You're going to try to like shoot it. You're going to call everything. Pull a Vander Kane every time you come across the blue line, just shoot the puck. Like, so the situation, it's, it's hard, but it is going to be on the older guys. And it is going to be on the coaching staff and and everyone involved around the organization to just say yeah. like guys, you know, put a bit like stop the bleeding, yeah. wrap it up, Fuck. and get to a new place. Hopefully, there is some movement at the deadline for these guys, and they bring in some new players that kind of are like, all right, well, I, I'm here for four more years. You know, there's term on my deal. I just got sent to the shittiest team in the league. You know, I have to like try to turn this thing around and it's not going to start next year. I'm going to try to start it now. So that's, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully like, you know, the culture can, can turn. Don't ruin the I don't flow. think it's going to turn the before the deadline, but after the deadline, Obi, you know, there's, there's going to be movement. There's going to be new young players, yeah, right? I was always traded. I was younger, you know, Philly to Arizona. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, I went to Columbus from Arizona. I go Nashville to Philly as a 23 year old. And the team was stinks. And I'm like, I'm having, I'm like, guys, I, I just came from like the best team in Nashville, but I'll bring this little energy in here and we'll have fun. I'll move down to old city and yeah. fucking let's have, let's No, I, And I agree with you, Uppy. And that's the thing, but they can't do that. Yeah. Right? They can't go out for like, you, it would be easy if you get through the deadline, you're in buff, you're like, all right, boys, the weather's getting better. Yeah. Let's go. Let's golf. finish let's over 500. Out. Let's win some games. Let's have some team parties. That's not happening. They're got to yeah. go home, go home, go to the rank, go to the hotel. I, I just feel from in Broadway before we move on from Buffalo, I looked at their schedule, obviously, with the East Division we talked about at the start. Should we cut them some slack because of this division, or are the Buffalo Sabres just this bad, in your opinion? I think they're horrible. Like, look, last night they're up 3 nothing going into the third period, and you guys have lost 17 straight. Play. you got to find a way to win that game. And you can sit there and blame it on the division. That Yeah, they're playing tough teams and whatnot, but then you could go look at the other side of it and look at Ottawa. They got off to a horrible start. I thought they wouldn't even win 10 games, but they're competitive. Like, at least they stay in games. Buffalo, usually, like last yeah. night, I was sitting in third period. I'm like, Philly's probably still going to win this oh, game. They have no chance right now. That and it's, stink around it's, it's a dumpster fire in Buffalo. It's, it's, it's hard to watch, and <laughs> I feel bad for those fans. I feel bad for the fans. I love the Buffalo. I like to see a Buffalo. I like Chip Washington, what you're talking about. I just think, you know, I'll be back in the day. Like, if you're on a bad team, you're like, okay, who we got? We got San, like, okay, who's bad this year? Let's say San Jose or whatever. Anaheim, maybe, whoever. That's impressive. But at the end of their East Coast swing. All right, it's the last trip. They got to come into Buffalo. They're already fucking one foot back in California. <laughs> Buffalo doesn't have that the rest of the nope. way. They got fucking maybe Jersey, but other than that, they got the teams in the East that are going to be fighting for positioning. And then they got Philly, Boston, and Pitt's kind of separated, but Philly, Boston that are fighting for their playoff lives. So yep. I'm just saying, in that perspective, Hazy, 
They don't get like another stinker. Yeah, they against. got no cupcakes. Like, they, they got they, no they cupcakes. Got a tough, they got a tough schedule. But like, I if they don't beat, I said if they don't beat, I believe it's April eighth. If they don't beat New Jersey that day, I think they might not win another fucking game all year. They got Jersey wow. at home April eighth. But I don't know. Anyways, Buffalo, keep your head off. Fuck, <laughs> it's almost football season. The Bills are coming out. Fucking Allen's sick. So, uh, up dog, we've taken a lot of heat on Twitter. Uh, Hazy, you're a good yep. American boy. You know, we're the we're the Canadian guys on Twitter taking some heat. They. They think we're kind of dumb about. You know, I'll keep letting them. Yeah, in. about the COVID that. and oh, we're fuck. idiots and blah blah blah. I'm listen, listening to you guys though. Trudeau, I think, listen to Mister Curfew for sure. Uh <laughs> they changed it from 14 to seven days for the trade <laughs> deadline. Real quick, Uppy, I still don't think it's perfect, but it's it's going to help these teams. We saw Eric Stahl. We're going to talk about that, but it's it's a step in the right direction for these Canadian GMs. Yeah, it is. Um, it's going to help movement. It's going to help. You Canadians up there, fix your teams if you if you want a playoff push. <laughs> yeah, so fuck. I don't know what you guys are. T- the cup. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah what are they bitching about? Doesn't everybody new, want it, it, It's this new strain. They that's said up Sean about. O'Brien should not lead a country. Um, and then one guy said, "There's four thousand more new cases in Florida." I yeah, didn't respond. Sweet. But my point is. <laughs> Listen, these guys work hard their entire life to get a chance to understand the cup. If you're able to know Trump Leafs when to pick Jets, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it will allow these gems to make trades more than it would with the 14 day up dog. Yeah, it just it, a month left in the my thing is thing. it should just be the same across the league. And it should be the same in US and Canada. It should like it's I, I that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, is if, I'm with you. if the league puts together this protocol and it's worked, no one's, you know, no one's took a digger yet yeah. that they should with the protocols in place, be able to govern. Yeah. I mean, they fly on private planes. They're not They're allowed to go out. Day. They're tested like, twice yeah. a day. You guys just mentioned you know, it. Like, you can't even come uh, to, to me, and joke around. And yeah, the trade deadline. Don't script the trade so deadline. With, yeah. like, from up top, it's just a bad... I mean, play some hockey. Up, Drop the puck. The yeah, it's going to screw up the next season, too. But anyways, Canada, good on you. Blisters out there. Keep tripping. We couldn't run a country, but... So Nor would we want probably to. Couldn't even run a team, to be honest any, with you. Uh, but um, Broadway, <laughs> let's move on to a guy that we had found out from you. Run a good after party. Yeah, we can throw a fucking shake, and that's what's important. For damn sure. Ryan Getzlav, who we have found out because of this podcast, is your favorite player of all time, which we're going to set up a, a golf round whenever you can yeah. get out here. Um, fighting again. He's tied with. Fighting. Fighting. <laughs> He's West tied Macaulay. with the French guy, uh, Delorier. No. Yep, Deloria. You said it right. Deloria, yeah. Team right. and fights. He's tied with the team in fights. What are your thoughts on Getsy chucking him? Is this him proving to a team like Vegas, I want yes. out? Or is this to him being to these young ducks, this shit ain't good enough? The, both of those points. And I think it just goes to show you that he is one of the best leaders in hockey. He doesn't have to be fighting these guys. Somebody took a run at Zegers the other night. That's uh, Sosi. Sosi, I think his name Sosie, is. Gets yeah. steps right in there. And I think he's just showing his value still at his age, what he can do in this game. And someone is going to be calling to see if he is available, and he's going to be a huge fit for whatever team wants him if he wants out. And I think that's what he's doing. He's just showing his true character and the type of leader and player that he still is. Yeah, I just want to say, like, hey, kids, have yeah. a look at what gets lost. Yeah. If that doesn't Why, fucking put your – If that doesn't make you, like, you know, tighten your – ball sack up and yeah. go like man i need to do more our team too. stinks and I mean, it's it's not i, I don't want to look down and be like oh i'm player playing better than this guy yeah. or i'm playing better than this guy so it's not on me you know that feeling for sure where you're like when things aren't going well and all of a sudden one guy starts taking things in his own hands and it's your best player yeah. it's your you know your franchise <laughs> captain um so yeah a guy that's done it on a guy that's done it on every level and he's going out and doing that 
and you're not like sacking up and going and at least trying to run someone over or play like on edge and and do something that's gonna stand out and make you look like you actually give a flying fuck um i I don't know to me i i would be saying it like you know i was vocal in the room i would be looking around and and telling guys like like, now is like, the time like Max you, Comtois for example now is the time you start calling maybe guys you take out. that yep. tinted visor off and yeah. you start fucking chucking them so your 35 year old captain with a cup yeah. and fucking gold medals yeah. doesn't have to fucking do it every night yeah. but maybe Max doesn't do that to his defense and for Getsy, good on you man yeah it's great yeah, good on you awesome. and, I, and I think listen Vegas I think it's a fit make it happen this I think he's doing it for two reasons what I said show these young kids this is why the Ducks do it and also Broadway that he's got some fight left in him. And I think Getsy's got one more good playoff run in him. And I hope he's willing to do it, Broadway. I do too, because I think he's a guy that I would just love to watch in the playoffs. He's too good of a player, too good of a leader to not be playing in the playoffs. Well said. Getsy, we love you here at Mr. Kerf. You can't wait to take your money on the golf course. Up, dog, just real quick on the fighting. It's up this year. Um, is that just because of in-division play, COVID, playing each other at the same time? Or is this a trend you think we can we'll see? You know, kind of full circle. Like it was our era was fighting, then it went cold, and now it seems to be back. Is it something that you think can continue? Yeah, I do. I think yep. it's a. I think it's an exciting time for hockey. I think you know, once fans the the one thing that a fan would get up for, no matter what, whether they knew the game or not, time, isn't icing or it's not. You know, a referee calling a tripping penalty. <laughs> it is it's not a fucking holding. It call. is two guys dropping their mitts, pulling their elbow pads off, ripping their helmets off, and just going toe to toe. Yeah. And what we've saw is, is it's made its comeback. And and for hockey, it's great. For fans, it's great when fans start to go in the buildings again, knowing that they might, you know, show up to I a fight and hockey broke out yeah, type mentality. I think it's, going I think it's excellent. Period. It gives us something to put on our straight. podcast, something on our, on our Instagram. Princey's been all over the, been been all over the fights. Princey's the biggest meathead at Mr. Curfew, by the way. He loves it. No, I know he does. Good for you, Princey. He likes the poon, He likes the poon, too. I'm with you, Uppy. I think it's going to continue. And a quick shout out to this Curse Gabriel kid. He's been kind of interacting with Mr. Curfew. Yes. And you know what? And he said something funny. He's like, you know what? I know I got, you know, didn't win every fight I've been in. And that's the mentality you got to have if you're going to do it the way he's doing, especially. If you're going to go out of your way to challenge everyone that's tough in the league, be a meat stick and warm up, which I love, you're going to have to take some heat from the fans, especially in this day. So, Curtis Gabriel, good on you, buddy. We, we appreciate you. Uh, Making the game a little more Fuck, fun. Fuck, he's going full meat sauce, isn't he's he? He's going full. He's, he's embracing, for himself. He's yeah. embracing no. the, he's, the meat. He's embracing the meat. Yeah. Big earned style back in the day, just drooling over the red line. It's yeah, great. Like, and, and he's not shying away from anyone, really. He's like, I mean. He'll fight anyone. Anybody. Oh, it's anyone. crazy. He fights the puck a bit out there, too. He fights the puck a bit out there, too, Broadway. Yeah, I mean, but I, mean, I tripped him a little bit. They got no cupcakes. They got a tough schedule. Doing it for show. But, I mean, he's making the game exciting. I'm. I didn't want to give him any credit, but I guess I got to give him some credit here. Wow. As Uppy would say, he's making hockey cool again. <laughs> yeah. um, boys, I love the fight. Keep it up, boys. A little segment, Canada's Milk Carton. Um, our buddies at Canada's, I got a lip boomer in right now, up dog. Fuck, are they good? The they lip sit boomers nice, are the man. best. I hope, I mean, I'm chewing these more than I ever chewed real chew, so it's good. It's CBD, it's good for you. Relaxes That's me. Good thing, old. I mean, yeah, it's relaxes it's not me. Even that, they're not that expensive. No. Either, so it's not um, bad. Honestly, though, the chewers out there, this has completely made me quit chewing. And I chewed up since I was 16 years old. So, yeah. wow. Canada Dips, Loop, Lip Boomer, Milk Carton. Uh, Broadway, let's start with you. You're going to take someone off the milk carton. You had the balls to put your bro on there. Um, and you got him going once again. Just talk about um, 
Pulling hazy off the milk carton. He answered the bell, and I loved it. I told you I was doing it to get him going, and he's going. I think he's got four points in his last three games. And you know what? People are starting to DM me. They want certain players on. They want me to leave certain – keep putting guys on the milk (laughs) carton because whenever I do it, it's been the milk carton effect, and they're starting to produce, and couldn't be happier that I had to put my brother on it, and then he goes out and performs. It's true. They're asking for Hazy to put people on the They're fucking They are, right? Now. Yeah. I mean, so who, who, yeah. So he's taken, he's taken uh, Kevin Hayes and kept, listen, he bounced back. He played great last night against Buffalo. Um, had a nice snipe. Who, you want to put someone on the milk carton up, dog? Who are you chucking on there? I'm going to throw on, you know what? The Battle of Alberta has been there, right? And there's that. been some big games. And I, I feel like, you know, Sutter came in um, and we'll touch on Sutter and we'll touch yeah. on this Calgary Flames, yeah. but. There's some guys on Calgary that just are, are, yeah, they're supposed to be doing more and they haven't been. And, you know, Matthew Tuchuk, who plays in your face style of hockey, Sutter's way, I feel like he still needs to do more. He needs to be a guy that's putting the puck in the net. And, you know, he's, he's on my milk carton. And if he turns it around and Calgary gets in, I, I'd like to see Calgary. I'd like to see an Edmonton Calgary battle. I would love to see that. We need it. It would it would be epic, but I will throw out this because give the Melton Carton aside. He's the first NHL player um, to release an <laughs> NFT. Did it for charity back in St. Louis for kids kids hospital. NFT yep, boys is a, right. is a form of digital art, yep. and he did a one of one charity auction item, which I think is super cool. And not that any of us really know what yes. the fuck this is. Obi, you and I talk Bitcoin sometimes. And we're yeah. like, what the? F-? It's above my pay grade, up dog. <laughs> both of those points. But, uh, but yeah, so NFT, he, it's, he it's stored in a digital in world on a blockchain. Um, when you buy it and you own it, you can display it on either TV screens and make it look cool, or it's just, it's forever yours. And anytime it gets traded or sold, at his age, the artist what he can do in this game will always and make a cut. So there's a reason why artists are jumping into this world of NFT because it's it's protection on their their masterpieces or whatever is. their crafts. Now, the NHL, the NBA, um, yeah. MLB, all yeah, these companies yeah. now uh, are, are releasing these forms of art to to kind of create. I like a cool thing and and make money on it and either do it for charities or whatever. So you can find it all. Like and LeBron James dunks, Tom Brady do, throws. Can they do a milk carton one for us or what? Yeah, <laughs> you should be the first <laughs> podcast first to do it. Milk first milk podcast to do an NFT. On NFT milk carton with fucking to chuck. I'm not who's buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good that he did that for charity up dog. For me, I'm gonna take a little page out of Broadway's book here. I'm gonna put somebody on the milk carton. Yeah. I'm putting a team on, and this hurts me because you guys know how much I love their fucking captain. I'm putting the St. Louis Blues on the milk carton. They cost me money. They cost me twice against the Ducks. They had a two-goal lead. I had to put up two-to-one odds. Oh, it cost me. I didn't even think They've about it. I joined Blues, you that you're night. Right. Uh, oops. I know. I'm sorry, Hazy. They've been banged up. They're getting lots of scoring chances. I'm putting the St. Louis Blues on the milk carton out of love that it's time for these guys to get going. Yeah. If they're not careful, yep. the Arizona Coyotes could pass them. They're going, the Coyotes are going on a long road trip here, but... Hopefully it works like like Hazy. I'm putting the St. Louis Blues. Fact Daddy, I love you. Blues, it's time to get going up, dog. We need them in the playoffs. They're a playoff team. I've said this. Yeah, awesome. If they get in, they will be a tough out. But ups, they got to get in. They have an uphill battle, bud. Yeah, they, so. And then I say that because I, if you look at their schedule, and for any hockey fan out there who understands like the, how, how important scheduling is, especially towards the end of the year, 
They play the top three teams in the division for 85% of their games. And I'll tell you what, the Phoenix Coyotes, who are two, three points behind them right now, play... They, they're probably tied almost. Let me look. Keep going. They fucking... They have games against the, toil- uh, the toilet teams. <laughs> the toilet bowl teams. The toilet bowl <laughs> teams. <laughs> and, and I mean, the, the Kings, you know, the Kings, the Sharks. Um, yep. Who else? Sharks who, are playing better. Ducks. The Sharks, yeah, the Sharks are playing teams tough Sharks right are now. playing but, better. But I get your point, though. You're, you're not playing the, the Arizona, top guys. Sorry, Hot Hazy. Arizona is one point behind St. Louis with the same amount of games. Yeah, so it's. I mean, listen, it's not going to be easy. Now, they, do I think they can do it? Yes, because yeah, they I have a good too. team. They're going to get in. They need to get healthy. They need Pareko back. He's yeah. he's a beast. They need they need Thomas to you know get back to his stride and be that like good third line center for them. They they need help, but yeah, it's I'll tell you program. who doesn't want them to finish fourth is the Vegas Golden Knights because if the Blues do get in, and that championship yeah. feel yeah. comes back, the Vegas oh, yeah. Knights like fuck. But I think Colorado is going to win that West. So, um. Yeah, milk carton, candidates, milk carton. Uh, Updog, we talked about it earlier. We talked about it when this guy got hired. <laughs> he loves Darryl it. Sutter. I was licking my chops for post-game interviews. Hazy, and he hasn't fucking <laughs> let me down. He comes out and says his players were fucking dopey. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, that mean? I don't fucking were you, know. Were you smoking I mean, a fat? snoozing out there. Smoking a fatty, playing some, playing some video games. Yeah, so I saw that, and then obviously he parlayed that, and this is where I want you guys uh, about Johnny Hockey, he says, I hope he has more energy. He's playing his 500th game, like everyone knows. I hope he has more energy than he did in his 499th. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but from a player's perspective, if I was playing my 500th game and some coach said that, what were your thoughts, Ops? Can this guy... He's making a name for himself. Is he made for hockey nowadays? Or is he in one? Maybe I'm just lucky that I wasn't that good enough <laughs> that the coach would just rip me in the media. Because <laughs> stayed under the right radar. I, would I have, oh, well, would I have liked to, you know, pad my bank account? And you know my stats when yeah, I when mean, you get those empty net cookies and you're always out on the PP that that would have been great. Like but show, as a but top I mean, player on your team, when things aren't going well, exciting. you get called out. And Daryl Sutter's one guy that is that has done it for years. His whole family, his, all <laughs> yeah. of his brothers do. Brent Sutter and Junior used to call it as players and Junior and rip. Like I, he used to get an FU matches with me all game long. I was yeah. playing in Kamloops. This is the makeup of them. They're tough farm boys. This is a not a surprise uh, how he is. And yeah. so I love his interviews. I can't That's necessarily say the message is going to, you know, get across to these younger guys as well as it probably did 10 years ago, Obi. Yeah. You know, and our boy Carcillo. Who yeah, was, touch on that. Yeah, touch our on. boy Carcillo made it, made it known publicly via Twitter that Daryl Sutter and... Daryl Sutter's ways are, he's not a big fan. And, you know, whether it's feeding your team if they don't play well on the airplane uh, or melting off, you know, he he doesn't think that there's any room for that in the game of hockey anymore. Now, Daryl Sutter's trying to get the best out of his team and he's lighting fires under some guy's asses. And I don't think he's doing it behind any of their backs. He's doing it right in front of them. And that's, I can understand that. If he was doing it, he was doing shady shit like Babcock. And pulling things on younger guys within the group, They're begging that's an for issue. Now. But I, I don't mind him calling calling guys out. And yeah. Jimmy, you and I both been ripped in front of the team, <laughs> big time, more than once. More yeah, than and, once. and we take it like a man, and you move on. And well, I was able to move on. I don't know if a lot of these kids can, but we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Let's see how these. Let's see how they react. But their team, Johnny Hockey, moved on. He he didn't even like. I remember the next day, the reporter kind of asked him about it, and 
I think Johnny went out and scored or had an assist, had a decent game, and it's just like was that the motivation? He wouldn't acknowledge it. He wasn't going to give the coach any credit, which I think is great. You know, he, he said it simply. He's like, I've been playing hockey for 24, 25 years. I know when I'm playing well. I know when I'm playing bad. But, yeah, I mean, it always sucks to get called out. But the one thing is I with Daryl Sutter is that team started 4-1. and one. Now they're 1-5 and five with Daryl Sutter there. So they're below 500. I don't know. Is Daryl Sutter starting to panic? Is he trying to assist this new method, trying to call guys out? And is that is that the right thing to do? We need I will it. say this. I don't I agree with the way he went about it for the kids' 500th game. But I think Johnny it's Hockey. It's only 500. Fuck, I only got 540. And when you get 500, you're like, ah, you take, you take a yeah, sigh of relief. He's young. This Johnny, I mean, yeah. you, you played a hard 500. He doesn't, <laughs> 500. He doesn't get hit or hit anyone. And that's my point. I don't agree with what he said. Listen, I think Johnny Hockey's talent. Is yeah, he should play until he's fucking he's 45. He's a great guy from what you've told me. I'd like to yeah. sit down and get drunk with him. But <laughs> I think his time in Calgary is up. I thought it was up last year. And Hazy, do you think there's a chance that Johnny Hockey gets traded here at the deadline? Or do you think it's going to happen this summer? But 100%, in my opinion, he's not a Calgary Flame next year. I do not think he's going to get traded at the deadline just because I think Calgary is trying to make that push to get into the playoffs. And you can't trade one of your best players, if not your best player. But like we said last summer, where there's smoke, or was it, yeah, where there's smoke, there's a fire, and <laughs> his, his name is uh, rumored to be getting dealt. And, you know, if that's true, he brings back a huge package, and I think that his days yeah, in Calgary be, yeah. are coming to an end here soon. Yeah, they need to shuffle the deck. And I love Sean Monaghan, and maybe Monty has to go. I don't yeah, know. they haven't I, done I, anything I, with them, so you almost Yeah, gotta, it's just, it's no disrespect to either one of those guys. I just, it's time for a chance. And Gio, I love Gio. He's getting a little long in the tooth. I just, you know, they give Marky that big contract. I just don't know if Calgary, and I love Brad Tree living, but <laughs> I don't know. A milk there's, there's, and put I don't the Buffalo Sabres on it? It wouldn't, I don't think he's going to get traded either, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know buying that one, though. April 12th, you know, Goudreau was traded. It wouldn't surprise me, but I think it's going to happen in the offseason, so... Um, boys, last topic here uh, before we bring on our fucking legendary guest, uh, Aaron Eckblad, guys, that you, kid that you guys know really well, kid that I know a little bit. Um, terrible injury, Uppy. Just your thoughts on the injury, and then your thoughts on a guy that they could bring in because oh. Florida's going to have to make a trade here. In the I next joined you that season. night. Uh, oops. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Um, speaking from the heart because I've been hurt before and, and got news that your season's over. And you know when you're having a great year, and you know great that. Team. You know that you're on a great team. You have a chance to win. Uh, it happened to me in Phoenix. Uh, couldn't have been playing better, playing great minutes with great line mates on a team that was like leading the division. And then all of a sudden, like your your knee pops and you're done. And then you're like, shit, okay, I got 16 weeks of rehab and let's go. And for a guy like Ekblad, he's never had any major injuries. And um, he is a great great guy and a great piece to that team and and he's made strides this year and you listen to some of the quotes lately from from Quenville is like yes he's always had his upside as a as a as an offensive defenseman especially when he came to us he was an all-star at 18 or 19 did it again the next year but his you know the the defensive play um you know, in his own zone, in front of his net, was a little bit like you know he didn't use his big body, but he he's made those strides and he's beca- he's become the player that a full rounded player that he needs to be, which is why the Florida Panthers have been so good this year. Um, and it's tough. Sharks, I saw he sent me a picture of the X ray. Fucking gnarly, and he's never, jeez, yeah, he's never been hurt like this. And and all I can say is, you know, we're thinking about you and yeah. and your body does amazing things and heals itself, right? Like yeah. that's the one thing when you get hurt, you'd like question like, man, is it, am I ever going to be able to do this again? And, and you know, in the back of your head, you have doubt, but 
I think this guy's going to come back as good as new feeling, you know, feeling as good as he ever has, whether he's got a rod and a bunch of nails in his, in his leg or not, he's still going to be still going to be Aaron Eckblad, a new Aaron Eckblad, maybe a stronger, faster one. And that's a, that's a message I want to send him. But I think Obi to answer your question, I think um, they're going to grab a defenseman. Yeah. Brandon Montour looks like the perfect kid. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. I agree. Um, we haven't talked about that yet, but he's he skates <laughs> as good as any uh, as any defenseman on the market. They need the right shot. They have a bunch of lefties. Uh, they do have Uyghur back I there. Mean, there. I don't know if he's, he's a guy to take all Aaron plays. minutes, but no. We, so they're going to have to collectively do it. But I, I think Brandon Montour would be a nice yeah, fit. Up, so yeah, and Monty's a great kid. I think he would fit the the room good. Um, Yans, if he doesn't know him yet, he's you know they'd fit well and. Um, I, I wish the Florida Panthers the best of luck. I think they've had a great year. Uh, that city down there, it's buzzing. Florida's going off. No Kobe. No good red state. And uh, yeah, and quite frankly, I'd like to see them. Uh, I like to see them add there because I think they have a great shot this year. Yeah, Uppy, that was uh, well said. With that glad, radar you hate to see those types of injuries, especially when he's having a Norris type season. He's turning into that player they drafted number one overall. Like you said, he's always had that offensive upside, but his defensive plays is making strides and I think another big thing too is you've seen he's becoming a leader he's coming a go-to guy that locker room really appreciates him so I just I hate seeing injuries especially ones that are end the season when a team like that's going to probably make a decent run here but the one guy that I think who could come in and help uh, I don't think he's Aaron Eckblad but uh, I think Colin Miller is a guy who might be able to come in there he's a guy that's got a heavy shot he is a right shot and he's uh, I play with him in Boston he can run in power play so it's I tough. think he might be able to come in and slide well in there with uh, with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, he'd be a nice fucking physical addition for me. Eki, rest up, uh, rest up, but it was terrible to see. He was having a Norris yeah. Trophy type of year, which is terrible. Um, I think they got enough veteran guys there to kind of hold the fort. They need a guy Montour with his term, and that's that's, yeah, that's perfect, perfect fit, fit for me. And yeah. I'm gonna throw another guy out here. I think he makes too much, but maybe yeah. maybe a PK Subban. I don't know. Veteran guy, right shot. Then you're stuck with him. Though. Then you're stuck with him. So I think Montour is the guy. Uh, but to Eki, uh, rest up, buddy. That was a terrible injury. Having a great year. He's a good kid. You guys know him better than me. But uh, we're going to wish him the best. And up, dog, we got our last segment here. The good life. little good life segment on the Norris Trophy. I think we're going to, similar to the heart, <laughs> we may all agree on the same fucking Animus. Guy. Yeah. I think it's Victor Hagman for me right now as the North. With, with a shout out. To Tyson Berry, but I think it's Victor Hedman. I think he should win it every year. More He's than just once. The best More than on once. The planet, if you ask me. Yeah, um, he is. But I'm going to just throw this out there because I, I've throw it out there. I've baby. called this guy out. Actually, Johnny and, Hockey and I moved didn't mean on. To, he, he didn't but even. I got like, thrown I a question day, um, on my radio show with Gregor. That I think Johnny uh, scored or had an assist. Had a Darnell game. Nurse. And it's just like, okay. was that the motivation? What's Darnell Nurse doing for the Evans Oilers? And quite frankly, I was like, which I think is he's you not know, doing enough he, he at the time. Simple. I was like, like he's not a top two D man. They paid him like well, one. I, I don't think bad. he is. And then, he, yeah, I mean, and then right away, they cut me off and they're like, well, he does lead like in shots, shot attempts, and power play minutes, and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so maybe he is better than than I expect. And I love Darnell Nurse. He was I skated with him in the summer. At Except camp, he, you know, he, he, when I was in Edmonton, was like, up dog, this is what the group is like. Like, he, you know, he, he has control of the group and he's a good leader, but he has been scoring goals at will. He scored an overtime goal last night. He, he's coming up on the rush. Mind you, he passes the puck to McDavid and you just have to just stay on the ice to get points, basically. Keep your stick on the ice. He is 
he is playing unbelievable yep. right now. And if he keeps it up and the Edmonton Oilers continue to get better and they continue to play defensive hockey, um, Darnell Nurse for me is a guy that will be in the you know the candidates. A finalist. A finalist. Finalist. He's close. Good life. I'm telling not you. Think he's good life. Final. Good life. Finalist. Broadway. What do you got, baby? Trying to make that push. Oops, to I'm going to jump on the, the boat with you, and I'm going with Vic yeah. Edmund. I just think this guy, yeah, but to be like that big summer, and to be that smooth, to be on the best team, and continue to have success he has, rumored to be so impressive, and I think he's a guy that's going to be like a Nicholas Lindstrom when multiple, multiple. Trophies in his career coming to an end here soon. I agree. I'm, fuck, he's got good hair. Darnell good Nurse hair. has 12 goals right now. 12 goals, yeah. yeah they haven't done anything yeah, with I him, mean, so you almost got a Hedman's got 33 points, so Tyson Berry, 32 points. Adam Fox, that guy has Adam 11, Fox has been unbelievable. Has 11 points in four games. Adam Fox, yeah, One against goal, the Flyers, apples. yeah, against the Flyers. Adam, <laughs> point night. it's needless to say, Adam Fox, Adam, Adam Fox, Fox. Uh, that's a good life, Norris Trophy candidates. Um, up dog, top titty. Shout out. Who was oh, the top titty? Winner? Listen, oh, Jonathan Spady Spader 135.90 points. Kicked my ass, kicked your ass, up dog. Yeah, I didn't quite have the best week with the DraftKings Friday night action, did I? Shout out to Broadway, was the winner here at Hall Pass 105. Yeah, that's Maxie, a participation trophy. The man behind the fucking camera, the man that keeps us together, Maxi, 95 points. Flowers, fuck off. Great team. I was a hoping, Hall beat me. I, I was love hoping a Hall. He's a basketball uh, guy. Yeah, he is a basketball he guy. So he's got him. some fantasy games. He's got some fantasy games. I was hoping, like I looked at my lineup, man. I was like, uh, I thought getting a deal on Noah Hannafin was great. My boy Shaddy, I had him on the back end. This <laughs> this Zegras just hasn't done it for me yet, so I don't know why I picked him. But um, you Anyways, know, Ovi did it for me. Yeah, Ovi was hot. It was yeah. fun. Samson Jonathan was my guy. Jonathan Spady, congratulations. We're gonna do it again this Friday, up dog. Uh, bring it on. We had a lot of people do it. Hopefully some more will, will continue because it's fun to put your squad together and, and gives you this, something to do. What yeah, this is important. We got some big games this weekend yeah, too. We got the Oilers, Flames, fucking Battle of Alberta, Obes. Seems like the Battle of Alberta is every fucking night, but I love it. And then to <laughs> top it off, Maple Leafs, Jets for you Northern guys. Oh, it's like the Jets are going to just kick the shit out of the Leafs and, t- and shut up all the Leafs fans. I'm telling you that Jets is the best team in the North. Um, Blues, Avalanche. Things aren't getting easier for the, the poor Blues. St. Louis Blues in the Mile High City with those Avalanche. Oh, and you can't go have the Coors Lights. Bennington's going to earn. I got a player up my sleeve too on Arizona that I'm taking this week. Well, good. I'm not going to reveal po- who it is. But I say good. He's on Arizona. Point night for them playing the Ducks. Um, <laughs> Gibson's back though. Gibson's back. Although yeah, Gibson's back, but he's going to have a sore back from having <laughs> fucking scrape the pucks out of the back of his net. Sharks, Kings. That should. Probably be a snoozer. That could go under. Take the under in that one. I don't know if we're fucking doing that. But Capitals, Devils, Ovi, man. This guy is going to score over 30 goals again. I know. He's got like He's a legend. Will he win the Rocket Richard? Will he beat Matthews? At the rate that he's scoring. I mean, Matthews had a sick goal the other night. But Ovechkin, it seems like he scores every night. He's been... What he's doing this year is... I think so he's finally just in shape too, right? Like he looks like he's in shape. Took him fucking two, three months, but I think he's in shape. So yeah. here we go. Top titty Friday up dog. Yeah. Capitals, Devils, Leafs, Jets, Flames, Oilers, Blues, Avalanche. Come on, Blues. Sharks, Kings, Coyotes, Ducks. Promo code Curfew Kings. Curfew Kings. And listen, it's our it's our top titty league. It's a fantasy app. We need you to log on. 
We were not close to the money this week. Up a we gotta, type man, season. You might have to sit <laughs> down and regroup. I was like, I was, I was in the toilet bowl. We were getting drunk on the golf course. So I mean, we were so worried about just signing up on the Friday, right? We figured it out. Princey helped us. Up here, we're gonna send the winner, Jonathan Speedy. I think we should send him a this guy fuck shirt. Yeah, we should. So Jonathan, every week we'll send him. Hit us in the DM. Hit us in the DM. Top Titty League Friday. Boys, we have an unbelievable guest coming up right now. Guy but, that I uh, used to battle up here, guy I used to get drunk with. I've known this guy forever, man. When I grew up, he was he was actually a badass. Like you consider him a farm boy from where he was from in Alberta. But he was big, and he was strong, and he ended up making the NHL at 18. And he had a long career, played over 1,200 games, boys. He's he's a legend. 1,200, wow. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Mission Curfew, Updog. You got another great guest for us today, one of your former teammates and a guy that I battled every now and then after a whistle here or there. But uh, tell our listeners who you got on. Yeah, I think everyone battled with this guy, yeah, this uh, this handsome Northern Albertan. Um, this guy played 1,249 games, Obes. Wow. So he had That's a career. a lot of games. He had a lot of PIMS. Yeah, he doubled that in PIMS almost. <laughs> 1,800 PIMS. Uh, an NHL all-star, but an all-star on and off the ice all the time. Um, sixth overall in 2000. Sixth overall. Not a bad pick. Same as you, right? Not a bad pick. Wow. Um, a guy that first time I ever landed in Nashville as a young kid, uh, he picked me up. He took me for lunch, had a glass of wine with me. Kind of said, this is what this is what life's going to be like for you now moving forward, and we're happy to have you here. But uh, a gentleman who I consider a really good friend and one of my best teammates ever, Mr. Scott Hartnell. Scotty Hartnell, how are you, buddy? What's up, fellas? Good to, good to see you guys. Yeah, bud. You're looking fresh, Hartsy. Good haircut, bud. Fake. He's looking. Show, you're looking mean. Is that for TV? Shower. Yeah, well. <laughs> I was going to say, I've always, uh, you know, like my beers and pasta on the road. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to be after I uh, quit playing, right? But I've been playing lots of tennis and uh, I've kind of stayed around the, the my playing weight, I guess, about 220. <laughs> hey, I wish I could say the same, Hartsy. But... <laughs> well, no. Hartsy, you ever play, me and Oppie play a lot of pickleball. You said tennis. Have you ever played pickleball? Uh, a few times, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, I love the game. Pickleball is the same thing. It's a it's strategy. It's kind of knowing your opponent, uh, what his weaknesses are, uh, try and get them moving and uh, just having a good time. I've uh, I got a good few people that I play here uh, in Haddonfield and uh, just outside of Philadelphia. So I absolutely, absolutely love it. If I didn't have tennis, I don't know what I, cause I can't run. I, I don't want to go to a gym and work out. Like I, I'm not that guy. So uh, tennis is a perfect fit. Yeah. When you, when you got a TV gig and you do, and we'll talk about that, uh, you got to kind of stay looking sharp. You got to have, you know, you got to keep your hair tight. You can't grow this greasy beard mustache <laughs> all the time. Jeez, when you're on national TV all the time, uh, yeah, it keeps you, it keeps you active, but you talk about strategy. You were one of, uh, one of my favorite guys to sit on the plane with and throw the cards around, Hartsy. Oh. A poker guy since day one. Um, you got me into it. You're one of the most competitive guys. Uh, who would you say um, in your days playing playing cards was the was the best poker player? I hate to say it. I hope uh, I know he listens to it. You guys had him on there, but probably Carbomb, Dan Carcillo. <laughs> wow. Uh, he, he, he always just knew how to read guys. He would always call when you're bluffing. You, you couldn't bluff him out of a pot. Uh, you know, played with uh, probably the best question is who is the worst yeah, guy? I, I know, know who you're going to tell <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's a few terrible guys that were like, yo, Jordan Tutu. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, oh, Tutu's terrible. You go all in, you go all in and he's, he's, he's looking at his cards and he's got you know, the ace, king, queen, jack, and, the, you know. 
uh, all you need is any of those or 10, right? And he's like, I call. I got pocket twos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> again. Three by, three by. We, we would call him betting toots. It was oh. just, it, it was standard that he'd be in a two or three rebuys before the plane would even take off. Oh, like yeah, before the engine just... even turned on, fucking double rebuy. But um, yeah, toots is good. Biz, uh, we had Bizzle on. So we had Bizzle with, uh, with us in Tahoe. He came on the live podcast. But when, okay, we go, yeah. when we go back to our Nashville days, Bird Dog, I mean, we were young. And Nashville's changed so, like, you know, it's changed. Obi was young, too, when he played there. But yep. um, met a lot of good people there. A place I always said I'd go back and live. Um, shit, I bought your condo at the time when I played there. Yeah, you did. He yeah, rinsed yeah, me on. He rinsed me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, do you still keep in touch with some people back in Nashville? What a great city! Um, I know it's uh, it holds a special place in our heart. But um, have you been back there lately? I was back the year after I retired. They did an honoring night uh, for me there. Dropped the puck uh, with my son, and uh, you know saw some of the guys. Chris Mason, I talked to a little bit. Hal Gill played with him for the Flyers, and and now he lives down there and does uh, uh, the radio colors. So a few of those guys I keep in contact. Uh, Joe Hansen, uh, you'll see text those guys every once in a while. Now they're winning games. They actually actually respond to you. Now. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, Crazy how that around. works. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, but no, th- those guys are such great guys in the city. Yeah. It's totally changed. If you would have told me that, you know, you know, not only every bar on Broadway, but they're building up on all the bars. So that instead of two stories, now it's three or four and a, and a rooftop patio. It's, it's just absolutely insane. But yeah, some definitely some good, good times here when we were younger, uh, they're still humped in, uh, the humped in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I stayed there when I got traded. I stayed there. For I did a lot of humping at the humped in. Yeah. Oh my God. That was hilarious. It was just this little tiny shitty hotel, shitty right? Practice right room. beside the practice rink. They had a Jersey Mike's beside it. So yeah. you get a sub. I ate after. there too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. The tin roof was uh the tin roof's a special place. In fact, Jimmy always wears the tin roof two hat that yeah. Bizzle gave him. Yeah. Shit, we grew up in there, Hartnell. I, I think I learned to do shots, put a bucket on my head and get up and play music all at the same time. <laughs> He's still doing that today, oh, too, by the way. I, they were it's so good. Like, you know, afterwards, you just go grab something quick. You know, meet you out the roof in, uh, you know, 30 minutes. And we'd be there at, like, you know, game would end at 1030. We'd be there a quarter after 11. And, you know, I'd be a few hours of drinking and having a good time, just being idiots. But, uh, you know, it's 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 amazing that you're all done. You're like, oh, what was the you know best time I, you know, career? It's all the stuff with the guys, right? Okay, I'll meet you here, meet you there on the road. You know, you talk about the, the cards on the plane and the dinners the night before. Uh, big games and stuff. Those that's the stuff that uh, jumps out to me that you miss the most. Yeah, people give people talk think about my and Vancouver. I'd say Nashville was the city. I was only there for one year, but where I drank the most, just because like you leave the rink after practice and the weather's nice. You know, you can go to like Tin Roof or Winners or Losers, cheap beers, live music. It's just it was such a great city, Hartsey. And my question: when you saw them go to the Stanley Cup Finals and that city from where it came when you first went there to then, it, it blew me away. And I was only there for one year. You must have been like really blown away by that right ridiculous and there's a, a picture from i don't know if it was from a drone up on broad street and it was like the sea of yellow right and everyone's partying and it just it's it's like vegas nowadays like you have so much energy in that city you know pre-gaming you know from noon to seven and everyone's you know drunk going to the games and then they're just loud and electric you win you go back on broadway for another four or five hours it's, uh, uh you could probably only do a couple days in there before you uh uh, your the the body would start shutting down, but it's it's just a great place to play. Great people, nice people, and uh, the best part about it, like they they have all the country music stars and and people just leave them alone. You know, the Keith Urban and 
you know, he's at Starbucks and people, you know, say, Hey, you know, but they're not asking for pictures, bugging them, you know, kind of hassling them. It's a, a bunch of cool people down there. Hartsey, I'm just curious, when you first came to Nashville and obviously the way you played and in people's face, who was the one guy, veteran guy that maybe took you under your wing and, and showed you off the ice and to become the teammate that you turned into? Yeah, uh, Kale Hulse uh, comes to mind. Uh, he, he was there for a few years. Uh, we lived in the same apartment complex, a bunch of, uh, he was a beauty. He was uh, a little bit of a playboy himself back in the day. But uh, <laughs> And then he married uh, one. You know, I, I, and then he married yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, uh, but I hung out. There wasn't many guys my age, right? It was an older league then, right? So everyone was 25s with kids, and you know. And then there was you know the the mid 30s, Bill Holder, Greg Johnson, uh, God rest his soul, and, and a few of those guys. So I kind of chummed with everybody a little bit older than me. So it was it was kind of fun to hear their stories and and all the stuff that they do, or you know their kids. And and Cliff Ronning was a guy that uh, uh, chummed around with as well. So that was uh, uh, just seeing those guys and how long they've been around the league. It was pretty cool to hear all those stories. And I think that I. Uh, they were good to me back then that uh, I was able to uh, be good to young guys when I was a little bit older in my career. Hearts, you'll love this. Fucking, you, you bring up the name Bill Holder. Trust me, in practice, you should be like, hey, oh, do you know who you remind me of? I'm like, who's that? Fucking Bill Holder. I'm like, I don't think that's a compliment, where, Trotsky. Yeah, where are my where are my handlebars? I didn't drive in on I my Harley. To, I had to Google him. I'm like, it looks like a beauty. Bird Dog, do you? My first year, Bird Dog, our practice rink, I'd show up to practice oh, some man. days. There'd be six Harleys in the in the parking yeah. lot they'd all come humming in from franklin on their harleys it'd be like him, clark wilm was it Hulse? players were brocken harleys uh vocoon had a harley vocoon had one uh yeah he had a v-rod actually at the same bike i ended up buying but billy holder billy holder was hilarious he'd was i just he there when you were there yeah i was Holy my very fuck. first year he was there Bird Dog, do you remember? Do you remember um, my first trip to New York? It was actually my was my first year. I was nineteen. My first road trip in the NHL. We go. We yep. my first game was Long Island. Then we went and played Marty Brodeur and the Devils. Um, and then we went in and had like two nights off in New York City. And we had the green light. And I had no idea what at the time. I had no idea what a green light meant. And sure well, enough, that out quick, I, sure enough, I tag along with Brent Gilchrist and Clark Willem and they take me to this bar, Hogs and Heifers. <laughs> I go in, and that's in like, that was in Meatpacking District before Meatpacking District was what it was. And I walk in and I'm in my shirt, I'm in a suit and tie and I look like I had the fucking blonde curls and I was, you know, I was a young, I was a young upshot. Yeah, yeah. And this fucking coyote, you know, coyote ugly bartender stands up on the bar with her, that xylophone thing. And she has the hose on the fucking thing. And she just starts launching me with, with whatever water and starts calling me out. Look at this little playboy in here, blah, blah. But we had practice the next day, which is like the green light, the day after the green light practice where everyone shit face. And our, the oval are the, the vowel line, Orzog, um, <laughs> We had a line of forwards, the Czech guys, and E-rat, they could, E-rat. 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 I love E-rat. <laughs> and Arkhipov, and they could yeah, not fucking yeah. stand up and skate. We were at that, we were at the harbor, uh, uh, the harbor rink, you know, the yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember watching these guys skate around and I'm like, is this fucking the NHL? These guys literally can't fucking put their skates on and. Stand up. Well, Tro- Trotsy was the best coach too. That's the one. That's the one with all the bras. All right? the bras and, the and panties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a little taste of Nashville inside New York. Hey, uh, Hartsy, uh, Updog brings up Trotsy, and and I only had one year with Trotsy, but people ask me this day who was my favorite coach, and and he probably wasn't the be- well, he wasn't the best X and O's, but just from a 
perspective of getting the boys going. I love Trotsy. Did you have the same kind of feeling for him with your time in Nashville? Yeah, I, I don't think I probably appreciated him as much as I do now being done and I've seen other coaches. You know, he, he got the best out of a lot of guys. And, and let's be honest, Nashville's lineup, they weren't spending even close to what the Red Wings were spending, you know, in the early 2000s, right? They are spending $20 million on a whole team. You know, now they're spending, you know, 75 on a team and, and they have superstars and whatnot. But um, yeah, he just he just had everyone dialed in the system. He's done it wherever he's gone. He's dialed in Ovi when he won a Stanley Cup in Washington. He's done the same thing to Matt Barcel and that whole group. They play such good defense. And if you don't play that way and he knows it's effective because it's work, right? He's won, I don't know, 860 games plus uh, whatever he's won. So uh, just really incredible, and uh, you know, I, I respected him, but you know, I don't think I respect him as much as I probably should because I was, you know, a young punk. Uh, you know, thought <laughs> Bird, I was the cool, I, <laughs> <cool> <laughs> bag, right? <laughs> Bird dog, I say the exact same thing, man, word for word. Trotsy was, you know, and he was hard on me because, well, obviously, he should have been. I was, I was pro- probably wasn't <laughs> as serious as I should have been back then. And I was running with two, and, and me and Toots kind of like we were best buddies, and and it was easy to kind of get off, you know get off the path a little bit, so to speak. And then yeah. the lockout came and we had so much fun in, in Milwaukee. And I'm sure they heard about all that, even though like, you know, we were super successful in Milwaukee. I think they just wanted us to take it a little more serious. Right. Yeah. And, and you would expect the same as I grew up and I had to pull guys aside in St. Louis, like younger guys. And I don't have to mention names, but I'd be like, Hey, you, you remind me of me when I was your age, and I just want to tell you how this is going to go. Throw a domer on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where was my speech up, dog? Mixing where was my yeah. speech? Hazy, I, wa- I wasn't quite old enough yet with you. <laughs> where was my me? He wasn't telling uh, you. He's great. like, Hazy, let's go. <laughs> um, but, Hartsy, it just brings me into this next thing we wanted to talk to you about coaches and how hard they, you know, how hard some of these coaches are. We just had Daryl, we talked about Daryl Sutter. Yeah. We've talked about, um, Tortorella. Tortorella. Tortorella, yeah. There was something that Trotsy did to you in a season at the end of the season that you'll never forget. Oh, I think I know your time. When he he piped me, when he scratched me. (laughs) Yeah, you were going for the Ironman. You you played in every game. Yeah, I played all all 80 80 games is game 81. And (laughs) I I was, you know, not playing bad, I don't think. And I'd have to go back and watch the 10 prior games and, that morning skate, I was like, I scored every single shot. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, light it up tonight, you know, feeling it. And after practice, he, you know, brought me over. And, and this is after practice. Yeah, and, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, you're not playing tonight. And I was like, huh? Excuse me? And I was like, you're, you're doing what to me? And like, yeah, you're not playing tonight. I think your your game's been slipping. I'm like, this is a fuck, you know, this is a yeah. joke, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. You know, we kind of went at it a little bit. He, he left and. I got bag skated. I, you know, I was with you, by the way. Stands. Yeah, I was getting <laughs> bag skated with you. <laughs> my my stick went like forty rows up, in the, you know, almost in the ma- uh, upper bowl. I came off. I punted my helmet, threw my stuff around. The media's in there, and you know, one of the brainiacs is like, "Oh, I, I, I take it you're not playing tonight." You know? I'm, like, I'm like, "What do you think?" And, and uh, I remember saying something like. Uh, you know, I think it's, I think it was pretty gutless move, you know, it's not often, I've never played all 82 games and, you know, to, to the way I play in this league, it's, 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 uh, you know, probably something you shouldn't do. Maybe just talk to me before you scratch me, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then it came out the next day in the papers, what I said, and, 
And, you know, David Poyle called me in, Trotsky called me in and it's like, you know, you can't say this stuff in the paper. I'm like, well, it's my feelings. Like, why can't yeah. I say that? That, you know, I thought it was Bush League that you guys did that. And, you know, game 82, I think I uh, was a two on one pulled up clapper, like barring down on a two on one. And I'm like, they just celebrate. I was just so mad that they scrapped me for that one game. <laughs> But it's yeah. yeah, it's something though, and and you deserve to play in that game. I don't that's care a, what anyone says. At eighty, yeah. at eighty games, it's such a feat, and not many guys ever play 80, full eighty-two. No, it's hard. You know, I played sixteen years. I did it once, um, but it's it's impossible. It's impossible to imagine do. if they would have scratched Yandel at the beginning of this year. You'd yeah, oh my god, straight. like it's it's something you you don't do, even though you know maybe this game wasn't at the level or something. You just you got to stick with those guys and. And, you know, I was, I think I was 21, maybe at the time or 22, something like that. But, uh, you know, still, I thought it was, uh, a Bush league move still do actually. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you Trotsky, if you asked him to, would be like, I made a mistake there. Well, it probably, and, and, but it probably wasn't just him, no, right? You know, yeah. Poil, Poil, we know, we know how David, but Poil it affects right? the yeah. locker room too. I feel like, cause guys are pulling for you to be able to play in all 82 games. Like you guys said, yeah. that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Hartsy, I don't know if it was the same way when you guys were there, but my one year, Trotsy couldn't tell the fourth line who was playing, who wasn't playing, because Poyle was making the lineup. So these fucking poor fucks, they would have not to tonight, Upshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm like, so after like halfway through the year, I'm like, Trotsy, you gotta tell these poor fucks if they're playing or not. Like, there's four guys going home thinking they don't know if they're in the lineup or not. Like, maybe they want to just you know have lunch normally. So he did the same thing for you guys. Me, right? Smithson, Fiddler, and I mean, then there'd be an older guy and it would, he'd come in, he'd look Sweet. around and he'd just go, Upshaw, not tonight. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, again, I just got to go ride yeah, that but bike. Then there'd be like the seven, there'd be seven D out there too. And he'd be like, sorry, there, <laughs> straight off the dry erase, you know, keep your head up. You know, everyone's sit, like waiting for him to come in. Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing. Oh. <laughs> I uh, that was Bush League. Bird Dog, let's let's switch things to uh you you're living you moved to Philadelphia, back to Philly. You uh you know, live next to your one of your best buddies that you played with, yep. longtime friends, Kimo Team and shout out to him. We gotta have him in, on at some point. But um let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. They're you know, we all had them picked to to do big things this year. They're they're in a little bit of a funk. They managed to squeak a big game out in Buffalo uh last night. And uh, yeah, just give me some thoughts on what's going on in Philly, and then we'll talk about our time there. Yeah, no, it's it's frustrating uh, right now for the Flyers this season. They uh, started off okay. Uh, the goalies have kind of been a little bit suspect the whole year. Uh, defense is kind of they they look a little bit lost out there. Forwards aren't helping out the uh, defensemen, which is obviously leads to a lot of goals against. And you know, I think this last month of March, they're uh, lowest in the league in goals against average and. Uh, save percentage and all that stuff. And, and when you do that, you're not going to win games. And, uh, you know, they have periods or 10 minutes of games where they they look like like an all-star team and they're flying and everyone's doing the right things. And then, you know, halfway through that period, they'll stop and uh, they'll let three goals. So it, it's, it's, a, it's more of a team thing than an individual thing. Carter Hart, uh, you know, hasn't been himself, you know, in, in his first couple of years. I know he's still a young goalie, but uh, you look through the lineup and the, the – like they're deep up front and they got, they got, they don't have the best D in the world, but they got some solid D and, and their goalies. Uh, Moose has probably been better of the two in net. And that's why he's kind of playing right now. Carter Hart is taking a little time off to get his game back dialed in uh, away from the team, I guess. And uh, I don't know. It just, it bugs me because I, I know how good they can be. And in, you know, if I was on the team or a coaching staff, it would just drive you absolutely 
crazy to see these guys not perform like they, they should be. Hartsy, before I turn over to Broadway, you, you brought up Carter Hart, and I played for AV, and one thing about AV, he doesn't do many mind games. He said Carter Hart isn't working hard enough, so he's pulling away yeah. from the team. Are you worried at all? Because let's be honest, you play, the Flyers haven't had a, you know, a franchise goal in a long time. Are you worried about Carter Hart's long-term confidence at all, Hartsy? Like, let's not worry about this year. Let's worry about this kid for the next five years kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard because it's, you know, some some kids, it's contract year for Carter too, right? He's, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, he's going to get a big ticket, an eight-year deal. And, you know, maybe that was weighing on him, you know, prior to the season as well. And, you know, now he's got a, an 850 save percentage and, you know, uh, four goals against average. It's, you know, it's he's not going to sign the, the ticket that he probably was going into the season. So, you know, if it's that pressure or pressure of being a Philly goalie or, you know, everyone looking at him like, you know, what's wrong with you? Work harder. It's probably the last thing you want to say to a goaltender is work harder because you don't think they're actually trying not to save the goal. <laughs> so, you know, and, and all these goals have been a dead at what, 13 points in three games against this guy. He's just teeing off from empty netters because guys are letting him seam pass and seam pass and, you know, one timer in the net. So it's, you, you can point the fingers all you want to, but, you know, unless they get the structure back in their game, uh, you know, they, they won't be going very far. They won't be getting in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, and Hartsy, that's why I wanted to ask you, like, with the, the trade deadline coming up here, who are guys do you think that the Philadelphia Flyers should be targeting? Like, do they go after a goalie? Like, I don't think that's going to solve it. I feel like, like you said, they're deep up front. And but who do you think is available for them to go grab on the back end? Well, it's tricky. The the one thing I think is overall GM's head is the expansion draft, right? So if they go try and trade one or two guys to bring in a an Ekholm, like you'll have to you know protect him. You have to protect Phil Myers, uh, Provorov. Uh, do you let uh, Travis Sanheim go? You know what I mean? So then you can only protect four, four forwards and you got to protect G uh, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's kind of, all this stuff is kind of, you know, over their heads, what they're going to do, but you know, they do need a, a defenseman. They miss Niskanen so much uh, you yeah. know, from last year, how, how solid of a D man he was. But, you know, I think long-term picture, uh, you know, they do need a, at least one or two more defensemen uh, that know how to play defense and not, you know, just try and be, you know, go up the ice and score all the goals and stuff. You, you take care of your own ice yeah. first and then you can do that. So uh, I think that's, that needs to be addressed. I believe in Carter Hart. Uh, you know, I've met the kid a few times. He just seems like a solid individual and uh, a solid goalie. And, <clears throat> and I think he'll be okay in the long run. It's just one of these things. If it's the contract, if it's, uh, you know, uh, what it is COVID, like, you know, he hasn't seen his parents. I know he's a single kid. He can't go out for dinner you know, you're stuck in your room. Like, what, what do you do? Like, right? you're just yeah. kind of, you just, you crumble as a human being. Right. And now you got to go out and have this confidence to, you know, to stop the best scores in the world. It, it, it just not, it's not that easy to do. I guess is what I'm trying to say. They're lucky that they don't have fans in there right now. Oh Cause the God. Philadelphia flyer oh. fans, when oh, things aren't man. going well, can be after that second period, they could be night, a little a tough walk off. And Hartsy, oh, man, I don't, I was... <laughs> I don't know about you, Hartsy, but with your time there, I, I you might have had a couple bad years. You were there for I think seven years, correct? But yeah. but I, I I was there three years. Uh, when I got there, they were toilet bowl, man. We were bottom of the. I mean, when I got there, it was we were last place, and that's just unheard of for Philly fans. And so it could only have got better. And then you know the transition we had. I always tell people, and we had Carbom on, uh, which was a great interview. But he even said that group of guys we had back then. Had we, you know, had had say it might have been a goalie or um, a, goalie. A, a save, <laughs> a, you know, a, a save here or there. You know, Marty Baron was a gr great goalie for us. But if there was a stud that was, yeah. you know, that just got you over the edge, 
Um, you know, Flurry, we lost to Flurry the one year for, for when I was there. Um, got outplayed by probably Sid and Malkin too. But but anyway, that group of guys, um, like awesome and almost there. And that's what kind of the new Philadelphia Flyers look like to me. They just need to like put it all together. And it's a tough package to do when you're in Philly because you usually have that pressure all the time. But without no fans, that they kind of don't. Um, I don't know. I was noting where I'm going with that. But <laughs> <laughs> we did have some good squads. Though. Hell yeah. Great guys at- and people who care for each other, and and, I, and that's one thing too. Like, oh, do they really care if they're uh, winning or losing? Like, of course these guys care. I know like five or six of them really well. You know, Jakey Borchek, JVR, um, Claude Drew, and and those guys care. They want to win. You know, they're in the twilight of their career. They're on the back nine, and then they want to get it done. You know, in Philadelphia, where you know you, you win a Stanley Cup here, uh, you make a big run. You're you're legends here forever. Hearts, you bring up Voracek, and at the start of the year, when he sounded off on that guy in the Flyers media, and I know you're media, we're all media now, but I thought it was great, and just touch on your time in Philly. Like, obviously, I played against you, and I knew the fans in Philly loved you the way you played, but dealing with the media in Philly when you are a player, was it something that you, you had in the back of your mind all the time? Yeah, they, you know, they're always looking for something. They're always looking for you to slip up. They're looking for, you know, oh, who was out the night before a game or after that <laughs> game. And, you know, then they tra- trace the wins. Oh, maybe they, they were out here because of this. And, uh, you know, I, I've listened to you guys before with uh, uh, just the guys, the beauties that we've had on, the, <laughs> on those teams. So it's been, uh, no, I wouldn't regret, I don't regret doing anything that I did here in Philadelphia. I actually was like the guy that wasn't actually involved in any of those rumors, which is hilarious because it was always Richards and Carson up to the car bomb and they're on, I'm like right there leading the pack and I'm like, how come I'm not here? This is perfect. perfect. I, I tried to get traded to you guys after you guys came into Vancouver and absolutely spanked us the one night. We went out, the whole squad was back in my house. And then the next night I was with Richie. I'm like, Rich, you got to get me to Philly, man. You got to get me in. You guys, you guys have such a fun team. But you could tell Hartsy, not only playing against you, obviously I knew Uppy and Loops, but the way you guys played on the ice and hung, off, hung out off the ice, it made a difference. Like Kind of like those LA Kings teams with Stoli. Yeah, no, yeah, you, yeah, you talk to any of those guys off, the, you know, off the record, but <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they just they had they had so much fun, right? And and that's what brings a team together. And nowadays, it's you know, especially this COVID stuff, it's uh, it's really hard to do anything, obviously. But you know, you you have a good group off the ice. It, it totally correlates to on the ice. Uh, how you care for each other, how you stick up for each other. Uh, you want to go to war for for that guy. You stick up for guys, which which kind of brings the team together on the ice too. So. You know, everything about those years were, uh, you know, my best years. I was Obviously, I was playing well, scoring goals, all that kind of stuff. I uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah, Bird Dog, you, you talk about, like, <clears throat> uh, these guys and, like, having fun and being able to, you know, the COVID stuff ruining it. You were, you'd always throw the team parties. You'd always, you had a sick pad in Philly, sick pad in Nashville. Yep. Halloween, you killed every Halloween. Larry Bird. <laughs> I mean, this Larry guy. Bird. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, what were you for Halloween this year? Like, let me ask. Probably Larry Bird. Uh, no, this year, well, I was a big blow-up dinosaur. You know, the big era. I've got oh, yeah. two kids now, so my son is a, a big roar, a big dinosaur fan. Uh, Molly, my daughter, was a little uh, gingy uh, uh, dinosaur egg, and my wife was uh, the paleontologist looking for bones in the backyard. <laughs> so they're creative. They're yeah, creative. yeah. So he always threw the best parties. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how he didn't get tied into the conversations about it. These guys are having too much fun. Um, Bird Dog, let's talk about on the ice because I don't think anyone really does what you used to do uh, when you played, which was have fun. 
and not enough guys enjoy the game and smile. And it was one thing you taught me, which I was, I think I was ended up being a professional at was coming to the rink with a smile on my face, making sure everyone, you know, if we're in the dog days or whatever, fuck, we're in the NHL. Let's enjoy this. Bird dog on the ice. Some of the antics he would do would be, <laughs> it, would, it would make everyone laugh. Coaches, I'm sure the GMs, team, fans fine. from the Hartnell down to, you know, the time when you fucking threw your glove at, at Malone. Yeah, like if right. that ever happened yeah. right now, it would be all time. And, and it's not too long ago, but that, that, that kind of persona and, and what you did for the game that way, making it fun was, was something, you know, that your peers and all, everyone will always laugh and think of you with your long hair falling down. And now you, now you got a, a kid's book. Thank you for the kid's book, by the way. Yeah. So you wrote a kid's book, but uh, just touch on that. You touch on you just showing up to the rink laughing um, and, and what that kind of can do to a team. And is it still an art? Is it still there? Do you see it? Do you see it with these younger guys? Well, I see Jimmy's brother uh, in Philadelphia, a guy that just brings, it brought that dressing together. And I think, you know, not to toot my own horn, but when I got traded in uh, 2014, I don't think they've had a guy uh, like Kevin Hayes in Philly that kind of uh, no had bad fun days. At the rink. Yeah, like had, had fun at the rink, right? And, you know, after a, a loss, you have fun and, and you go out there and work your ass off and get better that next day in practice. And, you know, I think uh, uh, Ron Hex, I don't know if he was a little bit too serious with that group and uh, just kind of took the fun out of the game, right? And that's what it's all about. Uh, I got to ask you, do you remember the one uh, practice in Nashville? Uh, I think I might have been using, uh, I don't know if it was a wood stick, but like a wood blade uh, <laughs> uh, with a graphite shaft and my stick broke at the bottom of it, right? So I had about this much of my blade left on there and we're doing like, uh, you know, skate out of the corner, pass the D, regroup, regroup and go down on a three on two. And my stick blew up on the first pass, but I didn't, didn't go get another one. I didn't stop the drill. So I'm, I'm basically with a ringette stick and I'm skating, skating around, passing it around. And it goes, uh, it goes, on a three on two, and I try and take a slap shot. I miss the puck. I fall down, and Trotsy's just shaking his head. He was so mad at me, I think, but all the boys were like, Woo! I, just loving it. That's hockey, uh, though. Yeah. That I loved. I love laughing in practice, like doing something so dumb, going like they would call full up dog, like just going complete yeah. full up dog. How about bird dog? I remember you in Philly, too, Johnny Stevens. It might have been Hill. Um, it might have been Johnny or. Um, who was our Who was our assistant coach? He passed. He passed away last year. Uh, McElhardy. Oh, Jack McElhardy. Jack yeah. McElhardy. He was fucking awesome, by the way. Um, we're doing like these three on two drills, and you came up and tried to make a play at the blue line, and they're like, "Get the puck deep." So the next drill, the next time he's up, he literally gets the puck on his half wall coming out of his zone, and he just rips a slap shot <laughs> down the ice as hard as he can around the glass. Like didn't get to the red oh. line, blow the whistle. Fucking come on, Hart. We'll treat you like. Be serious on next plate, and he just gets to the red line and just rips another one as, as hard. But uh, I mean, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget too about John Stevens. Uh, uh, you'll probably remember this too, Huppy. Uh, uh, in Florida, pregame skate, and John Stevens before the practice called everyone in, and, and he's like, you know, I know you guys like to throw these saucer passes around, like. Like, I don't want to see one saucer pass the whole day. And me and, me and Loops and Carts, we're just throwing rink-wide saucer. <laughs> perfectly. You know, we're feeling it. And, and uh, you know, he breaks up the meeting. And I said, F this. <laughs> My Carts, Loops, backhand passes only today. So we're doing the same drills. We're coming out on a three-on-0, three go down, you know, regroup all the way back and shoot. And, and so I'm a left winger. And it's hard to do a backhand pass, right? So... 
I get a backhand pass from cards and I catch it and I turn around back and I'm skiing backwards through the loop zone and I'm going hard backhand pass across the loop. He gets it backhand pass the line. We all circle around backhand passes coming up. And I'm sure John Stevens like, oh my God, this hard an idiot. <laughs> but it was pretty epic. Uh, it's his own fault for saying he can't throw a sauce in a National League practice hard. So oh, you proved a good point right. there. Fuck. Yeah, no. And and it's he had a great sauce pass. Yeah. Heel to toe, a little heel curve. It's the oh, best part yeah. of Pracky. Artsy, uh, one of my favorite moments is uh when you scored that goal against Toronto and then instantly fight Fanuf. Like, was there a huge <laughs> feud you had with Fanuf? And he, was he like the number one guy you couldn't stand? Because you were a guy like to get under one skin. Who's like yeah. the number one guy you couldn't deal with? He was always a, a guy for a tap and fight. You know what I mean? Like you knew you weren't going to get killed. You knew, uh, you know, probably the same weight class. But if, if you if I was struggling, I always looked for you know someone to fight to to get out of that slump. And and that shift, I got absolutely buried by him behind the net. Just like clean hit, smoked me. I was a little startled. Came up, whacked it in, and then I just looked at him like we're going, you know, <laughs> drop the hits and, and good fight, right? So I, I think I might have fought him four or five or six times in my career, and and uh, you know did okay in, in a lot of them. And another Dion story. I, when I made the All Star game in two thousand and twelve, <laughs> you know, we did the whole suck it for enough, you know, uh, thing when we're, yeah when we were on the ice and then. We were playing him, uh, uh, you know, a few days later or whatever, and he was like sour on the on the face off. And I'm like, oh, what's wrong there, Dion? I'm like, you mad what I said in the All Star game? And he goes, he goes, he goes, oh, how was your first All Star game there, kid? How was it? Do you enjoy it? It's been like four or five. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Hey, Hartsey, Dion's a funny fucker. Yeah, he's he's a, that was great feud. Hartsey, I love the, the fact of your game that you could score goals and you would fight. That's the only thing I respect about you. Fighting's up. We talked about Get Slab before we had you on. Do you think fighting's up just because of the division division play all year in COVID? Or is this a trend we may see continue that GMs are starting to realize you need guys that can chuck them and play the game? Yeah, it, it's, it goes in circles, right? You, you wanted the big D-man and now you want the small, you know, skilled guys that can move. And, you know, now now guys are just, you know, kind of wearing those guys down. So you need to get bigger on the back end. It, it goes back and forth. And, you know, I'm sure Getsy's just mad at, uh, you know, his team, how, how bad they're playing. That's why he's dropping the mix so much. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's part of the game. I don't think it'll. that's one thing that they should never, ever take out because it is a game changer. You need a, a lift. The, the boys are uh, playing bad, a spark, you know, if you will. It's, it's, it's nothing better than a good old-fashioned tilt. You don't want anyone to get hurt or... Uh, get knocked out but it's uh you know it's part of the game and something that uh, i always love to get myself going you know i was in maybe you know four, four five six seven fights a year and and uh you know kind of look forward to, to every one of them bird dog t- uh talk we, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago on our podcast but we talked about the espn deal uh the new tv deal coming up uh, for guys like us, you know, just leaving the game, um, exciting time to hear ESPN's on. ESPN's cool. They're going to make, you know, I throw it up. They're going to make hockey cool again. Uh, <laughs> trademark TM. No Pushing big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, any interest in you to continue the TV work? You did a great job on NBC Sports, you know, doing NHL Live and, and NHL Tonight. Um, but I guess, how have you been enjoying this, you know, post-hockey career and and talk a little bit about the deal and maybe what that can bring to guys like us. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I've never been more nervous in hockey than my first time at the NHL network. I'm, I'm sitting there and uh, we know we have a guest coming on and uh, you know, I have my question all prepared and, you know, I'm the third guy to answer the question. And so I have a backup question as well. And, 
you know, the two questions come in. I'm like, okay, I got my, my A question here, ready to go. And I'm looking at the, <laughs> uh, he's remote somewhere. Right. So I'm looking at the camera and, and all of a sudden I'm like, so how, how's uh, the guys feeling okay? You know, and, and I got, the, I got the producer mayor. He's like, uh, uh, you okay, Scott? <laughs> You're like, I think I'm going to pass out. Oh. But I was like, he's like, you need to like project a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, God, you know, you have a personality used. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, my, and my heart rate's like, you know, 180, right? Like highest it's ever been in a hockey shift. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, boy, I'm, I don't think I'm cut out for this. And then, you know, a few times it felt a little bit easier and, and, uh, you know, now it's, it's not, it's still, you get a little bit of nerves, which is good, but, uh, you know, it is kind of fun to, to be involved in the game and listen to you guys, you guys are having so much fun and, uh, you know, ESPN, uh, you know, it, it is, it is a big network, right? Not that NBC Sportsnet isn't or NBC isn't, but, you know, to get the hockey, the brand of hockey out to more people is, is better, right? Than you know, all different uh, nationalities and minorities. It, it's so so cool the game we've got going on. Uh, hockey literally is for everybody, and and it's it's a great thing. Yeah, Hartsy, and you bring up. You know, the first time I did sports on TV, the, the guy in the, you know, your earpiece is like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Five, and you're like, my heart rate too. I was like, holy fuck, here we go. So yeah. I know what you're saying there. And me and Updog have talked at Broadway, have talked about, you know, showing the personalities of the hockey players. You know, you, you were a guy that we talk about with a great personality. My question to you is, do you think it starts with the GM and coaches allowing these players moving forward with ESPN to show their personalities and not continue just saying, you know, get pucks deep and all the right things. In my opinion, Hartsy, it starts with the GMs, coaches, and owners letting these players show their personalities. Yeah, I, I don't think there's as loud of personalities as in, you know, football, basketball, um, you know, baseball, uh, you know, the walk-up songs in baseball. You know, you, if you got a country boy from Oklahoma, he's playing, you know, uh, some Garth Brooks when he comes on, right? You know, that, it, that's pretty cool. In hockey, it's you don't really uh, – I, I shouldn't say you won't be able to express that, but – you know, the suit and tie before the game, like let, let guys, you know, maybe dress how they want to, if they want to wear a ball cap, uh, you know, from their hometown, uh, baseball team, whatever, that's cool too. Right. It's, it's a, it's a different world. It is now it's, you know, you want everyone to have that freedom of speech, whatever. So, um, yeah, whatever happens, happens. It's, uh, you know, whatever pays the bills, I guess. Hey, imagine the Russian, imagine the Russian techno you would have heard for Ovechkin scoring 700 and whatever goals this whole time if he had like a walk-up song every time he scored. Man, it's crazy. Hey, it be- all the Dog, Russian jumpsuits Dog. when they wore to the rink. Updog, how's your golf game, buddy? Living on uh, LA. It's pretty fun. The golf game, it could be better. No. I lost, I, I ended up losing 600 bucks Friday. Just, I got steamrolled by Obi and I'll the boys. Step, yeah, we did get steamrolled. Well, Hartsy, his biggest problem is he's on his phone the whole fucking round. Right? So the first, <laughs> I'm working. I'm always, the, hey, the first nine, I'm he's working, all right. Hartsey. And the back nine, he's, he, but you should see how far this guy's fucking hitting it, Hartsy. He, he's hitting it like, I'm not lying, like 340. You're hitting it longer than when you played. I don't know. What it is, but it's all in the hips, bird yeah. dog. He's bombing. Hey, can I tell? I want to tell a quick up dog story yeah, if I will. For sure. I <laughs> okay, feel free, bud. This, <laughs> hey, this is your platform. <laughs> oh, dude, I'll never forget it. I got so, I've never been mad at you before in my life, except for after this time. And I'm not going to say the course's name, and I'm not sure if this is going to ring a bell, but we're out there and we're playing golf, and you four wiggled. And I know you do this quite a bit where you have the the, pot, the golf balls by the hole and you try and whack it in the woods, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you clip it? Literally. I took a fucking a, divot. He rips a, he, he rips a divot like two iPhones back to back. 
beside beside a cop, literally beside a cop, <laughs> and it was the goddamn club's championship that day. And we went out with the the club pro let us go out before them, so they got all the pros coming. <laughs> and you had just joined the club. I think that I just, summer you had just joined this club. Was that the Hermitage? And, or, no, no, that was that was out in uh, it was old Natchez. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. They, <laughs> why? Well, I, I, I just like I turned white and I looked at him and he's like, "Oh fuck!" And he goes and he starts picking up and the green divots are like they're everywhere. <laughs> they're little pebbles. So he's trying to take the keys and he's like, "Help me out, hard." I'm, like, I'm out of here, buddy. I just went right to the clubhouse that time and he's sitting there trying to piece this thing back together oh, and it oh. looks so bad and they. The they hate what's what's great is that they still let me join the next year oh, <laughs> they still let me so, join. i was so mad at you but like oh my god it was bird so dog funny. i still so i i still get still i still get that mad shit. i i don't take i don't swing at balls like that i obviously i would never do that in my own club <laughs> but i but i'm definitely one to throw a ball up and just launch it like 400 yards with my putter yeah, like and, a hey, swinging Hans, baseball don't let him kid you he fucking tossed his putter in nine in the nine <laughs> pond like a month and a half ago and then the new fee in him he's trying to fish his, his putter out of the fucking pond i'm like Hubby, we'll get you another putter get out of there it was a good putter uh, it was, but anyway yeah ah, oh, that's good stuff uh, bird dog anything are uh, you still doing stuff with hartnell down foundation um uh, we, we are not. No, we, we kind of uh, shut that down kind of after I stopped playing. And uh, if I was in Philly, it would still would have been huge, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, we did write the uh, children's book. We took a bunch of kids from uh, Philly area, uh, Columbus area when I was there uh, for a few years and, and took them to Minnesota and got them out of you know their cities and do these hockey camps where TJ Oshie was and Wayne Simmons and me and jvr and we're all you know working out and watching these kids work out it was it was a pretty cool little deal that we uh, uh we did for a few years well probably like seven seven years but um wow. just decided to shut her down after that Hartsy, last one for me buddy first of all thanks for doing this um yep i love battle against you i wanted to fucking kill you but i know the guys that played yeah. you respected the shit out you had a great career you're seen with megan fox bro listen she was the one back when i was in the national league oh, so okay. that i was like wow megan fox how did that come about and Talk about being nervous. Were you nervous at all shooting that scene with Megan Fox? A uh, little bit. She was probably the, uh, I was going to say. She was, my she was she Shay, my favorite. Listen, before that, one, she was 1A she was at the time. Favorite. She was the hottest girl she was at the smoking, time. Yeah, the smoking. She was hot, but she was like the meanest, like, you know, just the ah. not, not, not nicest person. And, you know, I hate saying that word about anyone, but it was uh, Leslie Mann was Judd Apatow's wife or okay, his Judd yeah. Apatow's wife. And she was in the scene as well. And she was so sweet, so loving and so caring. And you guys need anything. And Megan Fox would just like, as soon as the cut was on, she'd be run back to her thing. And, you know, tried like kind of talking to her one time after uh, they cut the one scene. And, and she's, I'm like, hey, Megan, you know, and started talking to her and, you know, she looked me up and down and just degraded me right in front of all the guys right there and all like uh, Le Perrier and JVR are like, oh, you know, like, okay, she burned you. And I'm like, I didn't even say anything rude. I was just like trying to have a conversation. Right. But yeah, you got to try. Uh, that, was, that, that was pretty cool. A little uh, movie scene. Still get my residual checks from that. That no big deal. There you so, go. Buys me, buys me a cup of coffee, uh, you know, every month. So did you <laughs> get your, did he get a stag card for that? Did you get a stag card? Did you have a line in that? 
You did, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Full dog. scene. Like a full scene. Yeah. So that's. You're almost, you, you're almost 40, Uppy. You guys start yeah, watching yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I know. Full scene. They're at the bar. Fucking. And Hartsey's mixing up, talking to him. Yeah. It's a yeah great yeah. scene. I got to get it. Great scene for hockey players in general. So just, gr- just grinding with every extra there, too. Just trying to get going, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck Megan Fox. Where are these extras at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bird Dog. We know we know you got you to gotta go. You got an NHL live. Uh, people need to see you. People need to hear you. But we thank you for coming. Yeah, on thanks Hartsy. hi to you hi to katie uh your little Will girl do, molly well wesley old wesley snipes yeah. um appreciate you buddy you're the man we got to put a golf trip on the books me and obi yeah. are always looking for you know for a game we'll get stoli we'll get stoli out there too we'll get eight guys make a little uh rider cup action love it be great awesome buddy right, Archie, thanks buddy right, love you man take care all right see take you, care guys you. see you jimmy yeah see, see you, you bud up dog Broadway, that was awesome. I'll be great, great pull getting heartsy. I know uh, you could tell it's great. I mean, I did it with PA and I could see it with you guys taking a little trip down memory lane, just laughing. I could tell how much he meant to you as a teammate. And I battled that motherfucker. He was a good player. So just heartsy was great. Man, he embarrassed me there with the putter, with the putter toss. <laughs> that does not surprise me. What, what is that? That's that's a tough look. And he brought you it up. Always throw your clubs. <laughs> yeah, but throwing the clubs, one thing. I throw the clubs sometimes because I think it's funny. Now, that was it's funny, funny. but they did, time. you know, apologies, apologies to, uh, to the, the golf course, but, um, yeah, they should have moved the cup. The cup shouldn't have been there. <laughs> you should have made the fun. Um, How'd you miss it? Jeez. Come on. No, listen, boys. Hartnell, thanks for coming on. You're, you're a beauty. Uh, you had the hair going good. I know you had an NHL live interview after that. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, like Obi, you and I are always getting these guests that you know we played with before, and some of our best teammates, right? Yeah, I could best, just see best that. stories. He, he, like I played, I played eight years with them. Yeah, no, you had a smile on your face that, like, I was like, yeah. fuck up, he's enjoying this. So yeah, cool. I've been on golf trips with them. Um, he had, a, he has a great place in Kelowna. He actually, we didn't talk in this, but he has a house in Columbus, right on the golf course. I meant to ask him about Columbus at. Uh, I want your to ask him Columbus was village. as bad as up he says it yeah, is. Yeah, I know. I didn't get to that either. Well, I didn't live on the fucking sixth tee, but the sixth fairway at, at Muirfield. Yeah. Broadway, what were your Nor thoughts on Hartsy real quick here while we wrap? Uh, Hartsy was a guy on, like uh, he was when I was Victor playing, he, he I always had a smile. And like you said, he was a competitor, be, be that but he was a guy that seemed like he was always having fun during the game. And it was just fun to see his personality and see the updog and him go back and forth. And I think, you know, I can tell why he had so much fun. He had some great teammates and he's a hell of a player and played for long ass trophies in his career. I mean, if I was scoring 30, making fucking five, I would have been happy too. But no, Hartsy, thank you very much to Scott Hartner for coming out. Updog, little announcement to make, buddy. Um, we just went over a million downloads. So wow. Adam Fox has been a million downloads. A million downloads. So to our thank listeners, you. thank yeah, you very much. Updog. I mean, buddy, <laughs> we were yeah. talking about this. I think drunk over some whiskey. And <laughs> here we, we are now. So to yeah. our listeners, to you, Uppy, thank you. Hazy, thank you for your hard work. Uh, a Hall, Max, Hall Pass, thank you. And don't forget, Draft Kings, oh, Friday Night Hockey. Catch a buzz on the golf course. Fill out your team. Draft Kings, Friday Night Hockey, promo code. Curfew Kings, baby. Thanks for listening.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.